Uh, hey guys, and welcome to this episode of Metacast. Uh, we have the lovely voice actress uh, Ashley Taylor Takel, uh, who voiced Karen and uh, Miss Nay uh, in Metabots. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, we're both lucky to be uh, in this sort of Oceania part of the world with the lovely sun ah. behind us today. Yes, enjoying some summer sunshine. Uh, I feel badly for the family we speak to back home. Who are in the dead of winter at the moment? <laughs> yeah, coming just off uh, an interview last week with uh, another one of the Canadian voice actresses, and it was uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's winter, it's cold, it's sad. It's uh, it's good yeah. to see the sun in the background of someone. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoy it while we can. Uh, and mm-hmm. if we if we look at Metabots, uh, something mm-hmm. that you you did while you were uh, back in Canada. Yeah. Uh, we were chatting a little bit beforehand, and one of the pieces of information you said uh, took me off guard, and I'm going to use it as my opening question. Uh, <laughs> you started out really young when you were doing your voice acting. I did. I did. Uh, I was very fortunate, and it kind of um, was one of those out-of-the-blue situations. I started when um, when I was 10 years old, actually, um, and just new to the entertainment industry and I ended up getting a call um, for just a one episode role in um, oh my goodness never ending story the animation and that kind of started the ball rolling I formed a relationship with Nelvana that way and um, had the the good fortune the great fortune to work with them um, for a number of years on different projects yeah so kid in studio (laughs) Was it was it something that you'd wanted to get into, or was it something that just sort of sprung up out of nowhere? It kind of just sprung up out of nowhere. Um, I I started doing commercial work when I was uh, when I was young and fell into musical theater, which I uh, very much loved. And when I got a call to come in for a cartoon. At the time, I'd never really, as far as I can recall, never really thought much about doing animation or how it works. So going into a, a small box and putting these massive headphones on like a little 10 year old head and standing in front of a microphone and um, reading a script was was very alien to me but uh, but kind of awesome <laughs> it was uh, it was obviously uh, fun enough to stick around uh, for a little while uh, leading into metabots around 1999 yeah. <laughs> that's right absolutely you didn't uh, cut and run, it wouldn't scare you away? No, not at all. Quite quite the opposite. I think once I sunk my teeth into animation and studio work, I kind of fell in love with it. And it, it's, to this day, some of the most enjoyable and unique work that I've had the opportunity to do. And like every every series that I worked on was, was different. And um, yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. Uh, and then... Metabots comes rolling around. Did you mm. <laughs> uh, audition for for one role in particular, or did you go for both of them at the time? Yeah, I believe at the time I uh, originally auditioned for Karen, and that kind of led into my um, voicing Miss Nay and uh, Nutra Nurse as well. Um, so yeah, one one role led to the other two as well as multiple other kind of one-liners throughout the course of the series like so many of us did 
<laughs> it, it seems like once they got you in the booth, they're like, now just here's another page and here's, a, here's yeah. a more. Just keep reading. Just keep reading. <laughs> That's exactly right. How many can you do? Yeah. How many roles? How many ages? How many genders? <laughs> uh, did you find that sort of uh, jumping between characters sort of a, a fun or more of a challenge or something? Um, less challenging. I found it to be really entertaining. Um, when you get in studio more often than not, um, and some of the other performers have probably mentioned this as well, but more often than not, you'll focus, um, you'll focus on one character at a time. So first I'll do Karen, uh, then I'll do Nutri Nurse, and then um, any other bits and bobs that come up will come after. So it was kind of a game, really, both with Metabots and um, I did a, a show called Sticking Around as well. And we were doing random voices as the one character all the time. And it was just, yeah, it was really a game of putting on different hats and altering your voice and having a play in the room. And, and voicing uh, both a character and their... Uh, robot pit uh, you sort of had to have this rapport or this relationship with yourself in a way with the the way the yeah. voices work <laughs> that's right that's right yeah I think I was gonna say unique to animation but that's not true with all the tech they have these days there are people playing opposite themselves in tv shows and movies all the time <laughs> um, but yeah I guess was that uh Something did you hear back? I guess your your Karen lines in the headphones while you were doing your Nutri Nurse lines and sort of speaking to yourself. Um, oh God, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that option was available, but most of the time you kind of do the one character, and, and then it'd be like, okay, and on to the next, and then you get your beats and just kind of go for it and kind of know I guess uh, enough in your mind that okay Karen's voice is a little more high-pitched and she speaks, she speaks up here versus Nutri Nurse as a robot she's a little bit more like even pitched and doesn't have a lot of tonality so you just really have to lock into each character and their different tones and hope that when they get played back to back they don't sound like the same person um and then we we get later on in the series about season three, uh, Karen mm -hmm. and Nutrinus fall out, uh, and Miss Nay becomes uh, way more important, like secondary, <laughs> maybe tertiary character. Um, That's right. Did you notice that shift? Uh, I guess between sessions. Um, I suppose to an extent, yes, it just that realization that, okay, there's, there's someone new on the boards. Um, and I just felt very fortunate to be able to continue on with the series um, in the, the large capacity that I was able to. And I think in, in a certain way, it's funny, the two characters are related. So on one hand, it makes sense that they can use the similar, uh, similar voice of the same voice actor. But she also, um, Nye is that older, more grounded character. So it really, I feel like Miss Nay um, almost had a little bit more of my own tonality, my own character to her versus Karen. So it, it, the transition was very natural. Uh, 
And throughout your time across there, was there any specific lines or moments that you just remember recording or even just a fun time in the booth that you recall? Oh, <laughs> there, it was just a great time in general. It was so funny. You, you um, get to a point where, where you're so used to being in studio and you're so used to the three beats and, and how, how the, the booth works and you form a rapport with the directors and the producers on the other side who are kind of giving notes. Um, uh, I became affectionately uh, a performer who they called one and done um, because I'd get in studio and we just kind of bash it out so much. It was really lovely to be able to just kind of form those humorous relationships, even though you're only in the space for an hour or 45 minutes or three hours, you kind of have a good play and you're off, off to the races and onto the next thing. Um, but in terms of any scenes or lines, uh, I guess nothing in particular stands out. I just remember doing some of the random one-off voices and like throwing just ideas out there and like really odd sounds or really weird accents. <laughs> and they're just like, nope, pull it back. What are you doing? Let's try that again. Um, so it was fun. Again, it just, in the safety of your little booth with your headphones and the cool people in the studio behind you, it's really a chance to, to just be a little bit ridiculous and put your funny pants on. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and the, the Toronto voice acting scene seems pretty mm -hmm. tight knit, or at least that you end up seeing a lot of the same people uh, across Absolutely. the whole lot of shows. Um, so what's that like, I guess, to, to rock up to your next gig and be like, hey, it's you again, and just yeah. seeing the same people? <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, yeah, it, uh, it is uh, very much its own little community to a certain extent. I guess the, the craziest thing about it is that um, because so often you're in studio by yourself, it's more of a like, hey, as you're crossing paths and they finish in their session and you start y yours. So... Um, you know, you don't even get to meet, more often than not, you don't meet the other performers who are there with you. So, um, you know, I've done series work where there was one project they did um, where there were a number of people who were recording from America and you know, I had, I never met them. I never spoke to them, but then you see the show and you're like, oh, that person's in this too. I, I had no idea. So it's really interesting the way it works. It, it just all gels. It comes together beautifully and creates this awesome show. But yeah, more than half the time, you never meet the other performers. Uh, and if we if we take a look at sort of voice acting as a whole, uh, you yeah. also have uh, singing and your stage work off to the side as well. Did those sort mm -hmm. of complement each other a lot of the time? I think so. I I certainly think in terms of live theater performance, um, animation and theater have this beautiful synergy because there is that. I don't know. It's it, it's a little bit larger than life. There's that extra level of like vitality to it, in my opinion. Other people may think differently, but um, being on stage and just that especially in musical theater, which is where I've done most of my stage performance work, um, has this high energy 
kind of feel to it. And when you're in studio, you have to be that way because all you have is your voice. Everything else is animated. So your voice has to have all of the emotions behind it and all of the feelings and all of the energy. Um, and when you're on stage, yes, you've got your body to back you up, but um, you know, when you're speaking to an audience, they're further back. So your facial expressions aren't as prevalent. So yeah, there's absolutely kind of a, a relationship, I think, between especially musical theater and animation. Um, so it was a great little world to be able to go back and forth between. Uh, and then I guess, uh, not that they were in direct competition, but the, the sort of musical <laughs> theater won out, I guess, uh, in the sort of fight between the two. Yeah, I think um, not not by choice. It just kind of happened that way. Um, I would very happily sit in a studio and do animation until I'm old and gray. I, I love it. Um, but I think... Um, depending on, I moved to New York at one point and um, worked a little bit there and then that becomes a whole other scene and animation um, is very hard to break into. So I was fortunate that I started at a young age. So I was able to build out um, a rapport with certain um, companies and continue to work with them. But when I left Canada, I went off to the States. It was kind of having to start over and um, I fell into more of the musical side of there. And here in Australia, I'm still working on my Australian accent, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> you just play all of the, the non-Australian roles in there. Uh... Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. Anytime you need an American or Canadian sound, they know who to call. <laughs> um, so I guess that's uh, the next question. You, you did move from basically one side of the world, a really uh, mm. cold uh, location, all the way yeah. over to the yeah. sunny shores of Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> How did you find that move and just the sort of change in scenery? Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I love Canada and all of my family is there and dear friends that I grew up with um, don't miss the weather at all. <laughs> um, but the transition was really lovely. I, my husband, my wonderful husband, we met in Los Angeles and he's from Australia. He's from Melbourne originally. So um we, through work and different kind of factors that we took into account, we ended up deciding to come here and I love it. It's beautiful. The weather is much more temperate. Um, there's still a really vibrant cultural art scene here in Melbourne that reminds me a lot of Toronto. Um, and we, we've built a really lovely life and community here and it's funny, I think Canadians in particular, um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because there are similarities between the two places, but Canadians love Australia and Australians love Canada. So I feel like if there are two places in the world that kind of have this lovely overlap, um, it's Canada and Australia. And I mentioned to you um, when we were um, off mic, um, New Zealand, where you are, is like Canada and Australia had a baby. So like these three countries feel like home. No matter where I find myself with with my little family here, any of these places would be really wonderful. It really, it would have been perfect if uh, Canada and Australia could have like shared their temperatures and just like come into yeah. the middle somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Come to the middle. 
temperature wise and also maybe location wise the 24 hour flights are are a little difficult <laughs> yeah it's probably the uh the most negative thing of being in this little corner of the world is you know oh you want to go yeah. to europe or america mm, have fun yeah exactly oh i feel like i never want to like jump out of a space and have a shower so badly as I do when I'm getting off an airplane after 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a fun or if uh, you're connecting through somewhere and you got it's like mm. 20 hours to somewhere and then another yeah. 10 and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh it's awful. <laughs> oh, uh, worth it once you get there, once you arrive. <laughs> Not to discourage people from uh, visiting Australia and New Zealand uh, no. <laughs> in the future when it's all safe <laughs> right. to do so. Oh, I can't well, wait. Um, but taking this this musical theatre uh, path mm. that you have in Australia now, uh, I believe that's the road you've driven pretty far down now? It is. It is. I have um, found myself... Uh, starting a theatre company here in Melbourne. It's called Salty Theatre and um, we produce new and lesser known musicals here in Melbourne and it feels a little bit like kismet because because of my experience in Canada with musical theatre um, and everything I learned there and how the industry works there. I was able to bring that knowledge to Melbourne and um, kind of merge the two a little bit. So uh, my business partner here in Australia and I um, have formed some really great relationships locally and also brought in people um, from Canada and their new shows and their plays um, and their expertise as we develop our shows here. So we've kind of got this global Canadian, sometimes American, but mostly Canadian and Australian um, theater company going on introducing new shows and once borders open again we're hoping to get some of our shows here over to toronto as well so we'll see what happens but it's a great ride <laughs> uh, it's a good excuse to head back to canada as well and uh that's right <laughs> absolutely just sneak into the booth while no one's looking and just start recording random lines for people <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right get me back into the booth <laughs> um I guess I I personally don't know a lot about it, and you may or may not, but the Australian voice acting scene, uh, is mm. there very much of a scene there? Um, there, from, from what I've gathered, there is a bit of a scene. Not as much as there is back in Canada. Um, it's really interesting, actually. We have uh, a four-year-old four-year-old boy and you know growing up as a child you always I remember Saturday morning cartoons they have the equivalent um here but I would say 70 percent of the cartoons that they show here are out of Canada out of some out of America and out of the UK and then just a little percentage are actually Australian animations so it's really it's really interesting um, I think it's a it's a small industry. It's difficult to break into because there isn't as much opportunity. They do some quality stuff, but a lot of the work that they do are actually co-pros with um, with companies out of Canada. And it's been great to see Canadian cartoons that um, I've worked on or that I know from back home airing here. 
Um, so we hadn't come across uh, anything age appropriate for our little one. Oh, we, maybe little bear, but it's not playing here at the moment. But yeah, it'll be funny one day if something pops on and our little guy is like, wait a second, that voice sounds familiar. <laughs> I guess uh, that's something. Did you, when you were recording, uh, I guess, lines more actively back in Canada, would you go mm. back and listen to them once they aired or would you sort of be like, no, nah, I don't listen to myself and tuck it away? Um, I, would, I would listen to them sometimes. Um, I actually, because I was very young when I recorded it, so I loved sticking around and I would actually watch the cartoon because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> um, and it didn't matter whether I was in it or not. It was just great. Um, but yeah, like once in a while, I would kind of take a listen. But generally speaking, I don't love listening to myself. I, I sound weird to my own ears. My voice sounds odd to me. I think that's the same for a lot of voice actors. <laughs> like, I didn't think I sounded like that. <laughs> but um it's it's cool to look back once in a while especially on things you worked on when you were very young uh and i guess for anybody who's out there uh whether it be voice acting whether it be musical theater anything sort of involving mm -hmm. that as we say that uh extra grandioseness and using your voice to tell a story <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have any sort of tips for people who are trying to break into either of those oh yeah sure i mean just have fun to me um if you're really if you feel really strongly about pursuing it and about making it happen and doing it then reach out reach out to novena reach out to the companies set up a voice reel and you can just pull content from online and put together a voice reel that way and get your voice out there um once in a while if they have open calls uh yeah just i guess don't be shy, really, because it's not going to happen if you don't put yourself out there and just have a go. And yeah, just practice in front of the mic because the more comfortable you are, the more fun it is and uh, the more opportunity there becomes. <laughs> uh, and talking about putting yourself out there, uh, if anybody wants to see what you're doing or uh, check out your work, do you have any sort of social media links they can head along to? Sure. Yes, you can check out um, Salty Theatre on Facebook or saltytheatre.com.au. You can also hit up our Instagram page at Salty Theatre. And I also have an Instagram and Facebook, Ash Taylor Tickell as well. Great. Well, thanks a lot for, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been the, the easiest time conversion I've ever had to do for, a, for one yeah. of these interviews. <laughs> That's right. What is it, only two hours as opposed to 14, 15, or 16? Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, which time zone are you in? Are you in this one, this one, or this one? I mean, oh. <laughs> oh, glad, glad to help. <laughs> Thank you. Always.